This is Mary Jo Dion, and you're listening to the West Coast Tapes of the Julian Dion Podcast Comedy Hour. Shit. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Sean Proudlove, and you are listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Pod- Comedy Hour. Oh, fuck. Hello, this is Jason Lamb, and you are listening to the West Coast. Sorry, Julian. Okay. This is Aaron McGue, and you're listening to the Julian Dion. Ah, let me try that again. <laughs> Julian Dion Comedy Hour Podcast. This is Alex Big Dick Wood, and you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour. <laughs> was that right? I got that wrong. What was it? The Julian, Julian Dion Comedy Hour Podcast. You know, this would be so much better if you were high. If you were high. If you were high. What's happening? Welcome to episode 26 of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. That's right. Coming at you, of course, from Lemon Press Studios in the Distillery District, downtown Toronto. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, how you doing today? You good? Good, good, good. Good to hear. I have a good uh, episode for you. My guest, young actor, thespian, Adrian Spencer, born Adrian Massachusetts. Uh, met Adrian in my Meisner class that I've talked about before on the podcast. Coached, of course, by none other than episode 21 guest, Jason Fraser. Anyway... I thought it'd be interesting to interview uh, an up-and-coming actor, someone breaking into the scene. I, I have this feeling about Adrian, and I did the first time I saw him. I feel like he's going to be a big star. I just he's, he's just got that it factor, and he takes it really seriously. And So I thought it'd be interesting to get the perspective of someone breaking into acting. Maybe there's some of you up there listening. Maybe you want to do it. Maybe you feel like he, you've got what it takes well, maybe this conversation will inspire you. Anyway, you'll enjoy my chat, no doubt, with Adrian Spencer that we'll get into in a little bit. Come to Say What this week for the second anniversary of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour live show. It's Wednesday, December 17th. It's a good one. Lined up. Peter Anthony, Steve Dillon, Steph Tolev, Garage Baby, Jen Grant. It's all there. It's all happening. We're bringing you the best. Best show pound for pound the city has to offer, and it's happening Wednesday. Come on out. It's actually the last show at Say What until we move to our new venue, The Painted Lady. If you know Toronto at all, uh, The Painted Lady is a great 
Rock venue at Ossington and Dundas. Good hood. Nice hipster hood. It's good. I love Say What. It's been great. But sometimes you have to uh, make these changes and, and move on. And uh, anyway, we might be back at Say What. You never know. But for now, we're moving the show. So come uh, to Say What Wednesday night and Friday night. Monktonians, Moncton, come to the Empress Theater for an evening of comedy with Julian Dion and Jen Grant. That's right. Tickets going fast. So go to capital.nb.ca for those. All right. Plugs over. That's enough. One more. Pod at jdcomedyhour.com. Email. That's it. Done. So you're getting into the Christmas spirit. I'm excited. I mean, I'm I'm leaving on Thursday and, of course, to go to Moncton on Friday and then uh, leaving Thursday, going to Ottawa, then from there, Moncton, Moncton, and spending Christmas in Moncton with family, then coming back. Boxing Day. Anyway, I'm just excited to for the holidays. First of all, I love it. I love the holidays because it's, you know me, about and my, my thoughts on doing nothing and retiring. This is kind of like a micro-retirement for a week. Actually, it's not true because it's chucked with socio-obligations, and uh, but it's still fun. Everyone's in a good mood. You get the odd person that says they hate Christmas, which I don't get. That's a little weird. Just get into it. It's happening whether you like it or not. May as well enjoy it. I get it if, you know, your whole family died on Christmas Eve at some point, which if if that's the case, I'm sorry. But shy of that, uh, you shouldn't have an excuse to, unless you got a divorce on Christmas or walked into someone cheating. Anyway, those reasons I'll allow. Otherwise, get into it. Get into Christmas. I get into it earlier. I sort of talked about it quickly the other day, but I love that. Sh- I'm, I just soak it in. I stretch it out before the holidays and long after. For most of January, I'm still jamming in some classic Christmas hits. You know them. There's just something about the going, especially living away from home. There's just something about going back and everyone's happy to see you and it's Christmas. So everyone's in a good mood and kids and you just go around from house to house. Basically, you just go around from house to house eating sugar, cheese, and alcohol. Just shoving as much sugar, cheese, and alcohol you can down your gullet. Only to go to the next house and do it all over again. You walk into a house here, have some, here have some uh, chocolate and some some cheese spread, and and have some alcohol. Do it. There's nothing healthy about it, except nuts. There's there's the odd nut spread at holiday parties, but there's so little effort put into the nuts. It's like yeah, there here's some chocolate, here's some cheese, here's some uh, you know desserts. Here's more cheese. And yeah, nuts. There's some nuts over there. You'll have to do all the work. They're still in the shell. So if you do want any nutrition over the holidays, you'll have to work for it a little bit. Other than, of course, the huge turkey dinners and stuff that come with it. But I I just love it. This will be my first Christmas going home sober. And again, I know when I use sober, it makes it sound like I had a problem. But, but not drinking or anything. First Christmas, because it'll be a year come New Year's that I haven't drank alcohol or smoked weed. It's crazy. It went by pretty fast, but at the same time, kind of slow. So it'll be interesting to. I don't. I think it'll be pretty easy because most people in my life know this about me, so there won't be the peer pressure element of it. But it'll just be interesting to see how it goes. What if after going through the holidays? 
clean and sober for the first time since I'm like 14. I'm one of those people that then hate Christmas after. Like, I fucking hate this. You never know. I might be that. So I'm going to add one more to the list, maybe. Okay, let's go over it. Unless your entire family died, uh, unless you got a divorce or you're sober, there's no reason to hate Christmas. Um, okay. I think that's it. I don't have. I didn't have much of a monologue prepared for you, but uh, let's get right into my uh, interview. It's, uh, it's it was a good chat. He's a good guy, and I feel for him. Watch this guy, Adrian Spencer. Look out for him. He's going to be a big time actor. And you heard him here first on the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Enjoy my chat now with Mr. Adrian Spencer. You and me belong, just like the flowers, laughing all day long. People I need to lose, sing a little song, then take a shower. Julian Dion Comedy This episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour, that's episode 26 with Adrian Spencer, is brought to you yet again, always, every time, by Echo One Photography. That's right. Toronto listeners, GTA folk, this is for you. If you're a musician or actor or comedian or person in general, are you a person and listening to this? Well, get some headshots done. Echo One can get you some great headshots. Also, if you own a business in the GTA and looking to get some product photography done for e-commerce advertising purposes look no further stop looking stop stop looking because Echo One guess what does that too that's right email Eugene today do it up Eugene there at Echo One uh, email E-U-G-E-N-E at Echo One Photography dot com uh, and enter JDCH in the subject line do it today Okay, my guest today, he sits in front of me in Lemon Press Studios. He's a gentle sir. He's a kind sir. He's he's a new friend, I would say. I would say. He's uh, <laughs> an actor, up and coming, thespian, doing it, struggling, which we talked about earlier. He doesn't like the term struggling, and I don't either. Um, Adrian Masachewski, a.k.a. Adrian Spencer. You that's the one. That's, that's the, the one. one. Adrian Spencer. Massachusetts is uh, simply too difficult to spell and to pronounce. Should Should I edit that out? That's all right. That's <laughs> all right. I go by both. All right. Adrian Spencer is in studio. And I wanted to have you here. Um, actually, since the first time I met you, I thought it would be a good interview because um, you're taking acting very seriously. Indeed. This is your chosen career path. And this it, is, I think it chose me, but... Uh, it chose you. See, again, yeah, this is what yeah. I mean by you taking it seriously. Yeah, very much so. And I first time I saw you, I thought this guy's gonna be a big star. <laughs> Seriously, and I still still think that. Well, thank you so much. And so I think it's it'll be good for uh, the podcast eventually. <laughs> it's like having a young Tom Cruise in here. <laughs> but yeah, I do think you're gonna be uh, a a big star. Adrian, for those who don't know him, um, is he takes we're taking the same class this is how we met the Meisner class with uh, Jason Fraser who I've had in studio and the same class that I've referred to many times in the monologue uh, I do a little monologue before each show fantastic and so I've talked uh, about it before and yeah first time I saw you I'm like you just have that look <laughs> you look like a Degrassi <laughs> jock kind uh. of like just a good-looking kind of guy. You could play a wide range of ages. Thank you. Because you're 24, and I feel like you could play... Because you go out for younger roles, too. I right? did. I did. I recently went out for uh, a callback for um, a feature film for a 17-year-old. 
and then just an hour ago i was out for a tv show for a 30 year old so there you go i don't know i don't know maybe that's a bad thing but we'll see i think it's a good thing range let's talk a little bit about your background sure um, you're from toronto i am born and raised born and raised where did you go to school i went to a public school called swansea which mm-hmm. is in blue west village mm-hmm. and then i went to high school at humberside collegiate which is also in that area high park if you guys know where that is mm-hmm. um, and then i went right away to western university for business Wanted to be a businessman. Western, that's in London? Yes. Yeah. Uh, formerly University of Western Ontario. Right, right. Western University now. And then um, about halfway through my degree, I sort of had a, I don't know, I wouldn't say an epiphany, but uh, certainly something that just made me want to change it up very quickly and and drastically. And, and I always had a passion for for acting and whatnot, but I didn't quite get into the acting thing until I finished the degree to mm-hmm. you know make my parents yeah. happy. Get you that gotta get, you gotta satisfy the, par- the parents with the plan B. Of course, of course. Well, they're in a film uh, business as well, so I spent a lot of years working in production. I was good. that was my next question. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask like, where does this passion come from? You said you were always passionate about acting or, right. or the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you do come from a show business family. More yes, or I less. do. Yes, let's course. talk about that a little bit. Of course. What do your parents do? Um, well, my dad is a producer and director. Um, if you've ever heard of the TV show Man Tracker on of course, OLN. Of course, Man um, Tracker. Yeah, so if you read the credits, sometimes you'll see my name in there, but that's his show. So since, uh, no since, I, was, yeah, since, since I was 18 years old, I was... Uh, so he created it. He created it, yeah. He came up with it all on his own. And um, What's he, your dad's name? His name is Ehor Massachusetts. I can spell it for you, but I'd rather Ehor Massachusetts. Cool. Yeah. What is that background? It's Ukrainian. You, you, it's Ukrainian, fuck, yes. I was going to guess. I um, wish I had a guess. That looked really smart. The um, the last name, I think, is actually Polish, but if you want to know the specifics, any name that ends in SKI is mm-hmm. Polish, and mm. SKY is Ukrainian. Oh, shit. Okay. So, But yeah, it's, it's Polish-Ukrainian, but Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Yes. And only he, half, though. Only only the bad half. <laughs> cool. And he created Man Tracker. He did. And you said your name is often in the credits. At what capacity? Oh, you know, assistant, baby. You know, yeah. locations assistant. I got, I, you know, I, I got to do the odd camera uh, work when it wasn't too important, you know. How time. that, I mean, I imagine having seen the show, that's challenging camera work because you're in the bush. You're following, you're following people. It or? is. It is. Those guys are pretty pretty badass in there they're they're basically navy seals running around and then everyone's always asking well uh how come uh, you know tracker will see the camera guys well i the only thing i can say is if you're there and you see these guys and how good they are and what they're wearing and mm-hmm. and their skill level then then you won't ask that question anymore because you'll be like okay i get it these guys are quite skilled yeah, yeah. I, I mean for those listeners not knowing what the show the premise of the show it's let's let's just describe a little bit so it's this guy man tracker and he's on a horse yes he is he's often with someone else right yeah so he gets a sidekick from each area so they shoot all over north america ranging mm-hmm. from hawaii to um california to northern bc even all across to uh, cape breton and mm-hmm. um, and the maritimes and so basically the man tracker goes into this location Gets a sidekick who knows the area, and then two, you know, city slickers who think they can outdo him get mm-hmm. a, a bit of a head start. And it's over two days, and it's basically 
cops and robbers for ad- uh, cops and robbers for adults. It's it looks um, a lot of fun to be a part of. Yes, when you're yes. watching the show, I'm like, oh fuck. Yeah, and a lot of people um, they love it, and uh, they always ask me when's it coming back, and uh, I wish I could give them an answer. But is it coming back? Um, there's some rumors, but at this moment, I don't think anything is in the works. It's on hiatus. Just call Rogers, let them know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what's the man? What's what's his background that he's so good at tracking people? Um, search and rescue, I believe. Yeah. I'm not too sure, but uh, I know that they went through a bunch of interviews mm-hmm. and, um, a lot, a, what a lot of people don't know is there was an additional season where they actually had an hour long episode because the original man tracker had to leave. And so they had to f- interview a new guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, so they actually shot an entire season with this new character. Um, but they're, they're, they're both incredible in, in the wilderness and, uh, and they know their way around. And it's for two days. So what do they do at night? Like, is it... You com- camp out. So you camp out. Yeah. So when you say two days, it's f- actually 48 hours. It's um, not like two eight-hour days. It's like, think oh. it's, I think it's actually 36 or 38 hours total. Crazy. Um, you know what? I, I could be wrong. I should know this. Actually, mm-hmm. it's kind of embarrassing. But um, I know that there's a... You know what? It's 36 kilometers, I believe. Mm-hmm. But do not hold that. That's the truth. Cause it what do you mean? Where, 36 kilometers? They have to get to a certain point before yes. man tracker yes. tracks so them down. They know where they're going. The, the tracker doesn't. But they um, they start the, the uh, show with a flare just to kind of let the man tracker know that he's in the right neck of the woods. And then, right. then they have their little head start and then off to the races. I yeah, it, it looks like yeah, like a lot of fun. It is. And so talk about a little bit the behind the scenes there. So there's two people. What size of crew do you have? following the two people that are that are being tracked oh it's a it's a very small crew there's a you know a director producer a handful of cameramen assistants um but at the most you know there's probably only eight of us and we go into remote locations so we're staying at tiny little motels or bed and breakfast sometimes even where people will just have them have us into their home and Mm -hmm. um it's almost just like staying at your grandpa's or something like that you know yeah yeah it's kind of cool um yeah, it's kind of like a wholesome reality show. It's like there's no weird. No, it is. It is. It is quite genuine because um, mm-hmm. everyone knows reality TV is mostly just you know fabricated. Yeah. Um, but this one is truly like the, the people are truly scared mm-hmm. when they see this guy. Yeah. Like if you watch the show, um, you know, g- great reactions by the people the first time they encounter him. There, their because heart rate is certainly do, elevated. Do they see him at all before? No. Not at all. So no, there's no, no. no like you don't brief together before. No, no, and no. that's a tactic for sure. That um, they don't want to give away the the thrill. Right, right. Because um, he, you know, when he's on his horse and he's wearing his hat and, and sometimes the, the trench coat, uh, it's quite scary. Yeah, it's, it's it's he's a you know. And what about the cameras that follow him and his assistant? Are they like on horses as well? Um, no, no, that? no. So they're all on foot. Um, there's two guys that go with the the uh, the prey. Mm-hmm. And then one guy who goes with the the tracker and the sidekick, and they're on foot, um, fully decked out in camo, um, as close as you can get to a you know special ops looking kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and the guy who actually designs the course, his name's Lawrence Foster, and uh, he is an ex military uh, trainer who he could you know run for days. Yeah. So it's quite inspiring to see that. That's cool. So you started working on that when you were eighteen. Yes. So 18. that kind of gave you the bug. What about anything before that? And what what did your mom do? Um, actually, well, when before I was born, she was an actress for many years on commercials and and TV shows. Her name is Susan Spencer, and um, right now she works for my dad, simply doing um, accounting sort of mm-hmm. stuff. I suppose I'm not too sure. <laughs> um, 
but now that the show's on hiatus, um, I'm sort of pressuring them to get something going again because then, you know, maybe I could uh, sneak yeah. on there somehow. <laughs> yeah, because when the show was on, you weren't into acting yet, right? No, I wasn't. I, I only really began the acting the moment I left university. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because I wasn't in Toronto. Um, and you want to be, of course, where all the additions are and, yeah. and find an agent. So I guess the moment I left, I, I just had this desire and I had to do it. And I... I sort of knew how things worked working in production, so I just said, screw it, and got some headshots taken and, and haven't looked back since. So that was the first step. You you graduate, you move back home, come to Toronto, and I mean, I imagine there's got to be some benefit to having a father that's a creator producer and a mother that was it, an actress before. Of course, of course, and and many people think that's like fantastic, you know, they, they must have opened a lot of doors for you, but um, to be honest, in, in the film and TV world, they aren't really in that uh, um, as much so uh, i've basically been doing this all on my own and, yeah and they're of course very supportive and it's great having a film background because you know doing a self-tape or doing a little demo is incredibly easy yeah um and even just knowing how it all works on production um it just makes it a lot easier when you do book a job and you show up on set you're not a fish out of water totally walking around you know it's acting our- like a complete jackass and you know you just want to be the keep your head down and just do your job and uh, yeah and, and some show familiar, the director familiarity that, there yeah just just let the acting do the talking right because i mean when it everything's new and on top of like being an actor a new actor then going into like you said being a fish out of water it just makes it extra torture yes and already it makes yeah. an already hard thing that much harder to of just course. feel like uh, what do i do with my arms right now where do, <laughs> where do i go what do, where do i stand right or even just how to behave in between takes i know a lot totally of, a lot of young actors are quite i don't know full of beans sometimes and they might uh say something stupid or you do something that's just not appropriate For sure. i don't yeah. know it's it's i don't know so yeah i mean obviously it does help in that sense you know having the parents that you have and, and just again being familiar with things but i mean that only helps you to a certain way and like you said you have to bring it when you oh you, you know, certainly do even if they did open more doors than they than they can or have, you would still need to to bring it. It doesn't matter who you're related to. Of course not. It, it simply doesn't matter. Um, there, you know, there are a few stories that I know of where actors, fathers, or whoever are you know big shots and that got them in the door to Hollywood. You know, first first audition sort of thing. But uh, but then again, you still have to bring bring the juice. You know, if you don't have the skills, yeah. they they do not care who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about, you know, what you do in the room and hopefully that's enough for them to bring you back for a callback and that's you know, it's sort of out of your control at that point, you know, just give your best performance and hopefully be strong that, in the room. Uh, it fits it fits your look. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's let's get into a little bit about breaking in. So okay, you got the headshots, you get an agent. Yes. What were some of the first things you were sent out on? And for anyone listening that's an aspiring actor or starting at the ground floor, you know, it's kind of one of those Cash 22 things where sometimes, like, it helps to have the experience to book the work, but you need, like, sometimes you need the work to book the work. Of course but, you do. But it's, how, it's a Catch 22. That's you know, exactly so it. How do you get into, how do you break into it mm-hmm. without the work? With do you, Did you take classes right away? What was your strategy? Um, or were you just diving in full on? I, I, I literally just took the leap. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. I think if you're going to do this, you, you have to really want it. Mm-hmm. And at first, my desire, it wasn't as powerful as it is now. Now that I've 
you know, spent a, a year and a half in, in the studio doing lots of work. And um, you, I guess, you really, really want it once you get a, a, a taste. Mm -hmm. And and then it just strictly becomes about the acting and, and, and always trying to improve. Um, but in terms of breaking in, um, you know, a good agent yeah. is, is, is huge. Of course, if, if you have an agent who believes in you, Mm -hmm. um, they'll get you in the door um, for some stuff and hopefully off the bat you know it's sort of just like trial by fire let's see what you can do mm -hmm. um, but at the same time uh, I was able to give her a few um, demos on camera of myself just doing you know I think my first monologue was uh, a scene from Black Hawk Down which is a you know one of my favorites so I, I thought I'd throw that down and she loved it and she signed me right on the spot Cool. So that and was your. That's how you got the audition, or the your agent. The rather, agent, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is you put together a demo. Yes, I did. And how did you know which agents to go to? You know what I I I sort of knew which agencies were big out there, and mm -hmm. this was actually the first meeting I had, and it worked out right away. And I almost didn't. I was just like, great. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna test my luck around here. She signed me. Let's let's do it. And it's a great agency, and and I have full confidence that. Uh, things will be okay uh, totally. you, know, you know and what's your philosophy on agencies you said the biggest ones some go for the biggest some goes for some go for boutique agencies where, where they can you know focus more on individual talent rather than a giant pool of people that is true did, did that come into play at all when you were trying to choose an agency or are you just trying to go for for most recognizable names um you know i i don't think i was in a position to be picky right um simply because I was literally uh, a nobody. Mm -hmm. um, and um, But I, I do know that some of the smaller boutique agencies um, who do have a lot of high-profile um, clients is is what a lot of people like because the, a lot of focus is on them. And um, right. my agent, uh, she has quite a lot of um, actors on her list. And for a long time, I was, you know, bottom of her mm -hmm. roster. And, uh, you know, after a while, sometimes they almost can forget about you. Um, so you always have to maintain a good, uh, relationship and communication yeah, you with your agents to. and even the assistant, um, and just let them know that, you know, I'm, I'm doing the classes. I've got some demos, uh, you know, here, here are my headshots. Uh, I'm, I'm keen. So just, you know, let me know. But then again, they submit you and, mm -hmm. and then it's up to the casting director to, to bring you in. So a lot of people I'm sure get submitted for stuff, but they never actually get the audition. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'd be important or wise to get known amongst the casting directors on top of your agents so that they can, because I mean, again, it boils down to people. Mm -hmm. That is probably, you just hit it right there. Casting directors are your best friends. Yeah. Um, and if they like you, they'll bring you up for a lot of stuff. And um, a few casting directors have sort of taken note to me and, and keep bringing me in for stuff. And I'm not um, necessarily booking everything off the top, but I can feel that you know, they're sort of scoping stuff out and, and sort of championing me right. um, and in hopes to one day land something that uh, that does fit my criteria because mm -hmm. it, it's it's their, you know, their name on the line too. If they bring you in for a show and you're you're not ready um, or you don't fit the part. Um, so everyone's very careful. So that's, of course, where the Catch-22 comes into play when, you know, you, they know you can act, but you might not necessarily have the, the credits where the producer would say, oh, you know, two people here can act. This person's been on a few union right. shows before, so why don't we just take the safe bet? Mm -hmm. um, 
And that is, I've heard slightly different from how things are done out West um, in Vancouver and LA where sometimes they might look for the next sort of big name. But a lot of times in Toronto, I've been told it's sort of a blue collar mentality where you, you just got to put in the work Yeah, and, uh, you know, do your time, just, I suppose. Just do your time. I mean, yeah. That goes for every every sort of field. Of course. How would you suggest people get in front of casting directors? Is it just do it, get sent out as much as you can, and eventually, uh, you know, a wider range of casting director, mm-hmm. directors will see you? Or is there a strategy out there to be seen or knock on doors or anything? Or is just doing it? Mm, I'm not honestly too sure. I wish there was a strategy where I could knock on some doors, because yeah. I certainly would be. <laughs> yeah. um, but... I suppose you have to treat every audition like, you know, it's it's a, a extremely important interview. Like you're you're going sometimes you you get an audition that you think, "Oh, this isn't quite for me." Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing Deirdre Bowen, I'm seeing Robin Cook, I'm seeing Bucken and Knight. You're going to see them. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, "Hi, I'm Adrian. This is what I can do for the for the next project or something like that." But uh so yeah, casting directors is crucial crucial mm-hmm. relationship with that. Let's talk a bit about how important it is to put in the work for an audition because I've mentioned this in some monologues before, coming from a stand-up comedy background where often you just kind of, you sort of rely on your skill set to kind of wing it. You, right. You've not a lot of preparation, especially the longer you go, you, you do it. Right. Not a ton of preparation goes into each performance because you kind of know what you're doing. But it's the exact opposite for acting. You really need to put in the work and respect it for, for what it is. Totally, totally. And whether it's a one-liner mm-hmm. or you got six or seven pages, you know, you, you <laughs> the more you're prepared, the, the better chance you have of, uh, of getting the role. And I've experienced both ends of that where I go into audition completely unprepared mm-hmm. and you're just out of it the second you walk in the room. Yeah. You're, you're searching for your lines. You're, you're, you're not making this world that this audition is supposed to be in. You're not, you're it just narrows your chances and it's silly. Why wouldn't you be as, as prepared as possible to, to kill this audition? And, uh, you know, if it, if it's a big enough part, you want to get a, maybe an hour or two coaching on it just to be familiar with the lines and be totally comfortable where you're not thinking of the lines mm-hmm. and you're just responding off your reader because right. they, they are your salvation, of mm-hmm. course. Um, which is a bit of a shout out to the Meisner school. I That's suppose. Right. But, um, but it's true. Like, like when you're in a room full of people, um, half of them are, you know, you don't even know why they're in the room and, uh, you really only have the reader to really just, mm-hmm. they're, they're your savior. And so just be prepared as possible. And then that's as much as you can really do. It it does alleviate, alleviate some pressure when you do look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at the reader as your, your, cause you're again, Meisner thing, you're shifting your focus outward and of it's course. just sort of like, uh, it's kind of a weight off your shoulders. Mm-hmm. How many years have you been in the game? Uh, as an actor, mm-hmm. um, I signed last fall, mm-hmm. um, but truly only really getting into heavy auditions this summer mm-hmm. um, because I, I worked on a few productions over the winter and spring um, in the production side. Um, and when you're on shows like that or, or feature films, you, you have no time to do anything else because mm-hmm. it's, you know, 12 hour days minimum and there's always stuff to do. So, you know, it's tough. And, and that's, you know, one of the things about being an actor is, is, is balancing, trying to, you know, earn a living and being able to support yourself, but still, you know, go to classes four days a week and, and grind it out like that. Um, and you think classes are important? hundred percent. Right. hundred percent. I think they're, you know, it's one in a million that can just walk onto a set and kill it. it. It's, you know, a lot of people probably out there think, oh, I could do that. 
Yeah, it's so and, much and fucking And what harder. I say to them is, well, then let's see what you got because that's what I said. I'm like, oh, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I think I could do that. Or watching a show and seeing a guy that looks similar to me, I could do that. Yeah. But then when you really get into the room or even just in the acting studio, you realize that it's, it is, it is, it's, it's like, it's like a workout. You know, you, it takes lots of practice and a yeah. lot of consistency and a lot of repetition. And it's, you're, it's like, it's like being a golfer, you mm-hmm. know, it's, you got to work on each iron and each wood and, and continue to practice and hit the driving range and, yeah, and, there's, and basically never stop. That's right. <laughs> there's so much that goes into it that, that you don't, to make it look easy. Oh, of course. Cause I was that, I was that guy. I was like, yeah, I can act. I've been doing stand up for eight years. Right. It's, what's the difference? And I did this workshop, uh, over the summer. So I got an acting like a TV and, and film agent and it's it worked out great because she's really in my corner. She's overly supportive and and thinks big things, so she sends me out on these things. And at first, it's like ninety percent commercial, ten percent right. small role, right. kind of thing. One line here, here. Got to go through that commercial gauntlet for sure. You got to do it right, which requires the only skill you need to to book a commercial is really have a face. And so that is true. So you're not working on the acting I guess shops. I don't have a face. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I did that for, for the first little bit. And then I went on this workshop. It was for directors. It was because it spun out on CTV. It's the first multi-cam sitcom shot in Canada since the 80s. And because of that, there's a lot more that's going to be happening. And so they were training these directors. This famous sitcom director, Phil Ramuno from Hollywood, was coming up to give this again workshop for directors and they needed actors to fill the scenes it was a three-day intensive thing and we shot on the set of the stanley dynamic which is a show on ytv i guess okay cool sitcom sort of thing multicam and um yeah it was three days of shooting on on set and again i thought i'm like this acting thing uh, geez i've been (laughs) going on these uh commercial auditions i've been doing stand-up for eight years i got this and that's when i realized it's so fucking hard and um we were so for three days, you would work with these actors where, or these directors where you'd go off. He'd, they'd choose two or three actors. You'd go off with a director in a corner. There's like a dozen directors. Uh, you work out a, on a scene for about three, four hours, and then you f- shoot it. Four cameras, and then they learn. It's really for the directors how to direct oh, cool. a multicam thing. It was great. I mean, it, you're really within the industry. You're on set. You're... But man, did I have a hard time <laughs> and suck at the acting uh, part. Like We'd go off and let's say you'd have a line, uh, uh, hey, how you doing? Let's uh, head down to the mall. What's going on? Let's go down to the mall this afternoon, okay? In real life, that line, boom, no problem. You're not thinking about it. Um, off to the side with the directors and the other actors, boom, no problem. You can do that line. On set with four cameras uh, looking at you. Pressure's on. Pressure's on. <laughs> and that's when the, all these Meisner techniques come into play because that's when you become self-conscious. All you're thinking about yourself. How do I look? What do people think of me? How am I sounding? What am I doing with my arms? I don't know what to do. Just it's horrible all, habits. It's all you, 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 you. And it was unbelievable how terrible I was. I'd be like, again, the line's like, hey, what's going on? Let's go to the mall. And I'd be like, hell, oh, how are you? Let, let us go to the mall together. <laughs> it was so fucking hard. And I even had a moment at one point where just by watching TV a lot, I'd seen this move where you go line and someone like... Right, <laughs> of course. But this is a director workshop. It's not... Right. The focus isn't on acting. So it's mm. like, I was I had this great big paragraph and I'm like, I get the first two words out and then I stop and I'm like, line, like a <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis moment and just complete silence on the set. Like, oh God. Yeah. They're, all, they're all looking at the monitors 
and i'm just like i'm holding up everything i'm just like line and nothing and then i'm like uh and then just came to me <laughs> naturally and i got it out uh-huh. all that to say the long story but how there's so much more to it there is a ton and how valuable classes are that's when i enrolled in in meisner i called my agent that night she's like how how is everything going i'm like oof you know uh this shit is hard so (laughs) i didn't quite want to say that to her because she represents me and she has so much faith in me and so i just um started looking up classes and found fraser studios and uh, love fraser studios yeah and and that's where the technique came into play Mm -hmm. And when I did, because we auditioned for the for the same um, production, right. for which you are waiting on callbacks right, for, right, right. I didn't get anything. <laughs> uh, super detention. But um, where was I going with this? Oh, that's when I f- that's my first coaching session I actually got. Right. And it was I couldn't believe the difference. How because c- you memorize a script and you have ideas of it and you think you're so constrained to it and then you you bring it to your coach and they just open up all these choices yeah, yeah. that you, that are available and that you can make mm-hmm. and that you should make and that directors or casting directors want to see you make choices of and it just so any uh, up and coming actors listening to this get coaching get classes and just uh, get into it do you have any um embarrassing audition stories embarrassing auditions of course of course there's a lot where you just go in and uh and just completely just take a big steamer yeah, right sh- in the middle yeah, of the room. You, you can share that. Uh, of course, of course, of course. The second one I had in my entire career, which I wish I had gotten now, mm-hmm. was for the new Star Wars film. No shit. Um, for a, a younger lead role. And I know that, you know, they probably saw thousands and thousands of people um, for this role. And uh, at first I couldn't believe it. I call my agent. I go, uh, is this is this actually true? I, I I see Lucasfilm in here and Bad Robot, which is J.J. Abrams' company, mm-hmm. and she goes, no, yeah, yeah, they're just kind of doing a search. So just go on in and uh, you know just show the casting director what you can do. I'm like, okay, I didn't get a script. They, they 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 didn't send it out. They made you sign a release in the actual casting room saying you wouldn't leave the room with the script because they're worried about the story leaking out or course, some bullshit yeah. like that. And so I'm I'm going through eight pages of dialogue. And so how short notice do you get the script before going in the room? Oh, ha- I I got this when I walked in the room. They go, you, you got about half an hour to to learn this. And Fuck. I go, I I just about had a heart attack. <laughs> and my name is in big bold letters in each page, so they if if I ever did leave the room, they would know that it came from me. But obviously, I wouldn't do that. But so I got in the room, and you know the readers are all there, and I'm just. Oh my God! It was terrifying. just a, it was it was terrifying. And how many uh, people are sitting in the room at this point? Um, there was not a lot, not a lot. There was maybe like four or five people there. Um, and oh my God, it was just the worst reading. Like I, I wish I could find this footage, um, because this would be a, a how how not to act, right? Oh, um, and it's 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 incredible to see how far I've come even since that audition. Um. And this is well before I started doing the Meisner uh, program. Um, and, you know, I, I, I speak to actors now and, and those who do not use a technique to, to, to work is fascinating to me. Because mm-hmm. how the hell do you do it if you don't have a technique? It sounds crazy. Um, but that one was pretty bad. Um, and, you know, I just hope the casting director didn't actually watch it. Um, right, right. Because uh, then that's the surefire way of never coming back. But luckily for me, I've seen uh, the casting director for 
which did Star Wars uh, numerous times now. And so maybe she's just giving me a chance. Who knows? That's good. But, um, and, and sometimes it's not as bad as you think in your own brain. Yeah, that's also true. That is also, yeah, I'm very critical of myself and I'm very Which, hard. which is good. Yeah, uh, to a degree. You know, sometimes it can be, yeah. you know, damaging and it's mm -hmm. silly to be so critical about yourself. But, you know, it was my second one of my career and uh, I was working as a production assistant on a show called Sensitive Skin at the time with Kim Cattrall. And uh, it was it was awful. It was so bad. <laughs> um, and a few others um, I've gone out for that... Uh, Sometimes they do a bit of improv in the room, and I, mm -hmm. I typically like doing that. But uh, this one, I had to do some some cop sort of lingo, like you know, uh, Unit Seventeen, we got a you know whatever kind of thing. And I just, I don't even think I spoke English. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> and they're like, uh, "What did you just say?" I'm just like, uh, I, "I gotta go," <laughs> and I ran out of the room. And uh, this this casting studio, you have to take an elevator up to, if anyone's been to Armstrong at the top floor. Yeah, I've been there. And so I left my wallet, my keys, my my, <laughs> my my sunglasses in the room. So I have to go all the way back up. It took me like 20 minutes just to wait for the elevator. And, and it's in, with like an old timey elevator. Yes, exactly. So you got to yeah. open. The, it, yeah, it's something out of like the Titanic or whatever. And uh, and I'm like, oh, I left my sunglasses and my keys and all my shit in the room. This is quite embarrassing. In, in the actual casting room or in the waiting room? In the, in the casting room, like <laughs> right in the middle, because I was just so nervous and I was so embarrassed. I just ran out of there. It I was like an exam, like when I write exams. Right. Like the second I write this exam, I'm running out of here as fast as possible. <laughs> I hate those where you have to improvise. I, and why would they have you improvise? Was it because it was like a... Um, so this was one of those classic docudrama Mm -hmm. series where you know you don't have any lines it's someone like saying like oh back in 1972 when i used to live voiceover. in pennsylvania and then it cuts back to that scene um so it was one of those voiceover things so they just wanted to see some looks and some some movement and it just did not go well the worst and i've talked about this before on the podcast but the, the to, for me the worst is when it's like a, a soc all right so, right silent on camera and you have to audition with someone else in the room? It was one of those, yeah. Okay, so you you have an acting partner in there, but they take the improv thing way too seriously. <laughs> where they come in, they come in with a made-up script all of a sudden right off the bat that you're not aware of. I fucking hate that because I'll give you an example. I did a few of them. One was like, uh, it was for like a paper towel commercial where these women were playing tug-of-war with, and then they would get muddy and then they use the paper towel to clean off. I, it was weird, but... Sounds familiar. I was acting as a PA right. and uh, with another PA, and it was SOC. So it was like, you don't have to... You're just in the background. You're doing physical labor. So we get into the casting room, and the woman's like, okay, great. Just uh, you know, do physical labor. Pretend you're shoveling or hosing down the, the mud or whatever. And just do small talk. Engage in small talk, right? This guy wrote a script, didn't he? This guy wrote a whole fucking script. I'm like, you're not getting points on creativity here. So we're standing there and they're like... He's probably right. a writer, a director, editor, cinematographer, uh, producer. He's probably all those things. Right. So they, they go, all right, uh, rolling. So anytime you're ready. And this guy's like, how do you think Jan's going to do tonight? And I'm like... Who's um, Jan? Yeah, who's... Right? I'm like... Because I'm from the school of thought of like, let's just talk. You can talk about anything. They just want us to. Yeah, it's, it literally look, does not matter. It does not matter, <laughs> right? And so I, I come from. I'm coming. I'm coming at it from the angle of like, let's talk about this. Like, this right. is uncomfortable. Right. Let's make it comfortable for us by talking about like this is weird. Or it, and you can because it doesn't matter what you say, right? Right. But he comes in with like, yeah, you know, Jan, she's been. Uh, 
She's been getting ready for this for two weeks. She's hard on herself. You know how she gets. I'm like, I don't know how she gets. I don't know who this person is. I hope he got it. I hope he got it. And it was so uncomfortable. And I did another one. It was like for Habitat for Humanity commercial or something like that. And I had to be like sawing. You're like doing construction. And then the whole premise of the commercial is this kid comes and he hits a switch. Actually, you're on pause and he comes and he hits a switch and you start building and so I'm like sawing, fake sawing this thing. And this guy comes in from, um, you know, off camera and he comes in. He's like, how you doing, brother? I'm like, good. It was, again, one of those SOC just in cage. I'm like, good, good. He's like, you take your lunch today? I'm like, no, I didn't take my lunch today. He's like, I knew you hadn't. You never take lunch. The boys and I always tell you that, say how you. I'm like, fuck, now there's boys made up that are talking about me. Like, just shut the <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but anyway, I hate those. And again, the thing with auditions is no feedback. No. You, so unless it's you really search for it. Yeah. Unless you really look for it. Yeah. And, and they're just usually like, okay, thank you and, mm-hmm. and goodbye. And that's why it's important to put in the work and feel strong in the room. So it that is. no matter if you get any feedback or not, when it's over, mm-hmm. you feel feel good about it. That's true. And I also think that it is incredibly important to, to eventually love auditioning mm-hmm. and and to you know the second you get that email from your agent it's you know it's like a little fist bump because you you want to do the best you can and mm-hmm. to to those who are starting out now who you know may get the butterflies and get nervous and that's totally normal you know you, you are a human um of course like the first few auditions i went into i was sweating bullets like a, but that's the whole point about technique and and and, and learning how to remove that that weight off your shoulders and, right. and just thinking about yourself. And uh, so now every time I get an audition, like I would much prefer to get, you know, something juicy with eight lines as opposed to going for one of these commercials because, totally. cause you can really, you know, show them what you can do as yeah. opposed to, you know, being soulless and, and leaving that audition, that commercial audition being like, I have no soul. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing about commercial auditioning too, you know, you go to these casting calls and like, Six out of ten people aren't even actors. They're just no. people that have a look and have exactly. an agent. Yeah. They're so right. But you got to do whatever. I talked about this with Jason uh, Fraser, and he said, "Just do what you can to get in the business. Like if it's, exactly if it's doing commercials, do that. Exactly. If it's whatever. Just and there's no one way to get into acting. I think I always knew in the back of my mind, I I, I had to do this in my life and. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to say I went into production as my way in to see mm-hmm. how the world worked, but it's certainly I was always keeping an eye out for that kind of thing, like how it works. And 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 so now I, you know, I worked three or four years working for various production companies, both in office and on set. Um, and then I sort of had to find a way to make that smooth transition because once you're when you're a PA, people obviously don't you know treat you the same as if you're you know the actor on the show. Yeah. But that's not why I did it. But I mean, you do eventually have to make that transition so they see you as an actor as opposed to, oh, this guy worked on our, you know, show as a PA and he's trying to get into acting, you know, and it doesn't, that doesn't feel good at all because you know that you are an actor and it just, I don't know, it's important to, to make that transition. But I, I feel like there's so many ways into it. Like you come from a comedy background and I'm certain, I'm certain a lot of comics, of course, a lot of comics have have gone on to being, you know, huge in in Hollywood, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's there's no one way in, you know, theater, whatever. And yeah, one when, when, like at the end of the day, if you think you have to go to theater school or you have to do this, like, of course it does help. 
But at the end of the day, it's it's when you walk in the room and the producer or the casting director goes, that's the guy. Right. And and then hopefully then you can act after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a funny business. And, you know, it's not like you go to law school and become a lawyer, go to med school, become a doctor. It's yes, you go to acting school and become an actor, but uh, there's, there's certainly no one direction. Yeah, I mean, going to act, acting school, become an actor, that's just another way in. It's, you know, not necessarily the way in. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's a way in. It's just, it's it's something mandatory that you have to do. Right. Um, if you are serious about it. Mm -hmm. Because you, you will notice how much better you've, like, even the last three months, I've... I've, I can just feel it like I'm, 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 you know, things start clicking, especially when you do the Meisner school, you, it's a, it's a bit of a struggle off the top, but after a while, once you want, when it clicks and it does click, mm -hmm. um, for mostly everyone, um, it feels fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those fucking things. It, it clicks. And like you said, mostly for everyone, but at different times for everyone. That's true. And you just got to keep doing it. That's true. And repeat it. Repeat the repetition. Yeah, exactly. Repeat and repeat and repeat exactly. until it just happens and mm -hmm. then and then yeah i mean i love the technique I, it's it's so weird uh, um some days i struggle with it yeah so much other days yeah. i don't yeah uh, it comes easier but it's uh it's a fuck up if you're looking into getting into acting uh listener you <laughs> check out the meisner technique it's it's rich yeah you can i think there's a book written about it stanford yeah. meisner yeah um get the book any uh so what's the goal for you man what's what's sort of the thing um well i had my yearly meeting with my agent mm -hmm. um last week and it could have gone either way she could have said thank you adrian but it was a great year i just don't think this is going to work out mm -hmm. but the uh, complete opposite was said and she she just said, please don't leave because um, this year is you're going to start booking a lot more stuff because you do have to put in, you know, lay some totally. lay some brick, you know, with the casting directors. And that's what she said. She said, you know, you you're you're showing them what you can do and uh, yeah, just keep keep going. Mm -hmm. And and eventually you will start booking some stuff, especially when you, you develop the relationships with the casting directors and they mm -hmm. start to realize who you are because they are the ones in the end who suggest you to the director and then hopefully the director just simply trusts them and mm -hmm. just says, okay, let's go. And, you know, being in Toronto is a great place to start because, you know, what's our population in Toronto? Like four or five million in the GTA at most. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if, if, you're, if you're an actor and you think you have to go to LA the first week, that's complete insanity. It's, it's maybe one in a trillion who gets that, you know, part on a, on a pilot right away, but you can't even get the pilot if you don't have some credibility. Um, or even just straight up paperwork, or green cards, exactly, and, all that and shit. that's a big thing. And so, they shoot tons of features and, and huge, you know, CW, NBC, all these big networks that shoot in Toronto. So, uh, you, you'd much rather be a small fish in a medium pond mm -hmm. than the small fish in a freaking ocean. Yeah, and competing with all these people in LA who've been doing it for years, and they're they're not even getting these auditions that are shooting in Toronto. Like these these you know a three episode arc on a, on a show they're not getting simply because it's shooting in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And so it's a fantastic platform to to build a bit of a resume because there's tons of stuff. Like there's they shoot they shoot Hollywood features and Total, huge yeah. shows all the time. Mm -hmm. And it is a tease when you get those auditions. Um, because of course they see a ton of people, but but you know that there is hopefully light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> there is. You, you got there's a philosophy they say you have to uh 
you have to make their job hard, especially those big networks. And yes. When they come here for casting, often it's a quota thing. They have to see so right. many Canadians for tax breaks and tax purposes exactly. to legitify the process of shooting here in the first place. Right. So they often know the person they're going to go with or have someone in mind. But your job as an actor is to bring it, right. put in the work, be strong in the room, and make their decision hard. Exactly. Make them go, oh, shit. This guy's actually yeah. really good. Yeah, or even just impress them, and maybe they'll say when when you leave the room, you know, he was good, and uh, I'm doing, uh, you know, a series that just I think will bring him back for that. Yeah, maybe not for this one, but because you know, it's it's a small business. Laying it's a small bricks. business, especially in Toronto. Everyone knows everyone, and especially when you're in that tight knit mm-hmm. circle. You know, it's it it's a good feeling. Just put in the work. Totally. And is the goal eventually Hollywood to get down there? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, I want to go to LA. Um, and I did get to spend a bit of time there doing production, and I've been always looking for an excuse to go back. But I know, just for the the future, I'm going to be in Toronto for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of grinding it out um, with my agent, and that's why she said, "Please don't, please don't go anywhere for a year," um, because you know it's it's important to have that confidence from your agent as well, and it, it, it does feel great because oh, when you're uncertain, and then they let you know that. Uh, because they don't want to waste your time or their own time, so they're not going to sugarcoat it. Hopefully, they don't. Um, so, you know, uh, the future, the future is is optimistic, but the end game ideally would be getting just a, a meaningful role that uh, you know is something juicy that you can you know earn a living off. Of course, you mm-hmm. know who no one wants to be an actor and have to have a second job. Of course, and then. And that is, I guess, the dream. You're, you're getting paid to, to, to act or to be an actor. And it's once you get that kind of thing, you're, it's, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's all luck, but you should feel lucky because... But no, it's not all luck, but there is some There is luck. a bit of luck. Yeah. There's, of course, there's a bit of luck. But I think the end game, like, you know, like who, who wouldn't want to be doing mm-hmm. big Hollywood features? And, um, you know, it's you got to stay optimistic. But um, I also like to do productions um stuff like that and uh you know write and direct and whatnot um so i'm sort of pushing each piece of the chessboard forward slowly one at a time yeah you know and it's i love that analogy because it's just each piece is a different part of your career and you know i'm pushing the acting piece up a bit on this side and you know the the directing one on that side and just trying to stay in the business no matter what and um, because if you're passionate about it i think it's crazy to to give up if nothing works for like if something doesn't work out for you in the first year, you know, a lot of people do quit mm-hmm. and, you know, think when they, they're impatient about it. And I think that's silly. Um, cause if you take a look at any guy or girl on IMDb, who's, who's, I guess made it, if you want to say, you know, you look at their resume and it, you know, sometimes it's, it's 10, 15 years before they finally totally. get that big part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully I can shave a few off that. <laughs> of course, we all want to. But it, And it's that thing where we talked about before turning on the mics where, you know, those people that are, uh, you know, take 10, 15 years, they're qualified as uh, struggling actors. They are. But it's not even, str- it's not a struggle, really. I mean, it is by comparing it to making it, but the process along the way is so much fun. It is, it is. And you meet new people and you learn all the time and you grow mm-hmm. within the business. I mean, that's just that's just mm-hmm. a fucking dream. It is, it is. And struggling is an interesting word, I guess, because mm-hmm. we did talk about, you know, are you a struggling actor? Like, well, what exactly is struggling? Like, 
maybe that is when you're going out for 10 years of auditioning and you don't book a single thing i guess that would qualify as a struggle right, right? but at this point when if you're especially if you're a young actor and actress you do have to have a, a, a few years of, of putting in the work and, and just getting yourself known and that isn't struggling you're making incredible progress especially if you're you sign one year and the next year you're getting callbacks with the biggest agents in Toronto. That's not struggling. I don't think it's, it's, I don't know what the word would be, but um, certainly not struggling. Mm -hmm. Do you think a career can be made or had in Canada? Yes. In acting? Yes, I do. Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, you know, it's not the place to be if you want to be, uh, you know, the superhero on the next Marvel, mm -hmm. you know, movie, but, um, I know a, a lot of a lot of people who, you know, they, they book a show and, and then they, you know, they transfer into even directing a few episodes of the show that they were on. And um, yes, they might get the odd thing that where they have to fly to L.A. or to New York or whatnot. But, you know, there's tons of stuff that shoots in Toronto. Unfortunately, most of these parts aren't the big lead roles. Right. Um, but I think certainly like even if you book a, a TV series, you know, that, that's you know, young single guy like myself, that's more money than I'd need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I certainly think there is. But I think it's also important to be well-rounded. Mm -hmm. So if if acting is your dream and, and you're, you're putting it as no, priority number one, which I am, you certainly need something to fall back on. I mean, that's just reality. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people do this and they just simply do not make a career out of it for whatever reasons. Um, so yeah, just always have a, a plan B or, you know, like myself, I would love to one day be able to, you know, direct an episode of a show or even, you know, writing is, is also a very competitive world. But I think it's all the same when you're in film, you're in film. That's the thing. I mean, if, and if you're going to get a plan B, get it within the industry Agreed. that you're trying to thrive in, because Agreed. then it's not, it's, it doesn't seem like a failure if you have to resort to plan B. You're still in your business. You're still, yeah, yeah. In, you know, still doing it if you're directing or whatever, mm -hmm, any mm -hmm. capacity or writing. or, And then that door isn't necessarily closed, the acting door. You're always going to have a foot in there right? because you're in the industry. But I'd say to anyone who's on the fence about doing it, what really got me into it is is just think about when you're, you know, an old an old person and you look back and you said, I wish I took a stab at that because mm -hmm. we, you know, you get one life and you, you, what's the point of having that regret totally. down the road? Like at least you gave it a shot and, yeah. and, and give it a hundred percent. Don't do it half-assed. Like don't want it, but like sort of want it. Like a lot of people, I'm sure they just want to be an actor because they think it's a cool thing to do or, or like famous. Like exactly. Like yeah. if you want to be, okay, first of all, anyone who's out there who wants to be an actor, if you want to be famous, do not, do this because right. <laughs> you will not get work simply enough. Um, and, uh, and of course I wouldn't, I, I don't want to lie. Like that would be really awesome. I think to, to, you know, be famous, but you can't, if you think about that, then you're just drowning yourself because you start to realize that it's, if, if you really want this, it becomes about the acting and and then then you just get to love that no matter what and being and then having all these dreams about being famous i think is just simply ridiculous but well yeah it's like it's it's a good byproduct of it if it happens it happens of course. great but if you're going in it for those reasons you're going mm -hmm. in for simply the wrong reasons of course you are and you're setting yourself up to to for a letdown of course you know it's like you said 
you have to put in years of work before anything sort of, of course. pans out. Yeah. And so uh, don't do it if you want to be famous, and, you, and you'll do us all a favor as well. <laughs> uh, cool, man. Anything else you want to add? No, no. Thank you for uh, chatting with me for this long about acting. <laughs> thanks for doing it, uh, brother. Adrian Spencer is my guest. Thanks. Of course. Julian. I'll, I'll see you in class. I will see you in class. And watch your head, man. I will. And once again, there she is. Of course, episode 26 in the books. Thanks to my guest, Adrian Spencer. Adrian Massachusetts. Guy, that guy. Thanks to my producer, Adam Fox, and my sound engineer, Miles Lacroix. And thanks to you, always, you for listening. I appreciate it. Spread the word, all right? Do me a favor. Spread the word about the podcast. Email the podcast to pod at jdcomedyhour.com. Subscribe and rate and share on iTunes. Go to facebook.com slash jdcomedyhour. Twitter and Instagram, follow at JD Comedy Hour, all that shit. You know it. You know it. Just do it. I appreciate you. And Moncton coming to you on Friday. This Friday, it's coming fast. Get your tickets or buy them at the door, whichever. Small town. I, I know this about my town, my hometown. People don't tend to buy tickets up front a lot, which is fine. I like you the way you are. All right? I like you just the way you are. Don't change, Moncton. And come to Say What Wednesday night. December 17th. That's it. That's it, I think. Watch your head. The whole world wants a piece of my head, but they all get a piece of my mind. Check, check. Give me your levels. See what. Uh... How are we doing today, everybody? I'm fantastic. <laughs> you sound like someone when you're doing that. Do I? Do I? Hello. Oh, you know, it's all right being in a band these days. You know, I've got to travel around the world, see brilliant places, and meet interesting people, and play the music I love. And that's what I want to do for a career and I'm lucky enough to be in this position to you know really live that through and I just I'm very blessed and um sort of living each day one day at a time you know so I'll go home and become a writer you sound like Russell Brand <laughs> I like having sex <laughs> it's awesome have you tried it <laughs> no. 
Um, so get get right in there. Get as comfortable. Comfortable. You can adjust the mic in every which way. You kind of have to eat it. Kind of have to eat it.